you are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. So now I expect a, a double apology. So I'll put out my my I'll put out my humane apology, Mikey. Okay. I told you eight thirty. I always tell you eight yes. thirty. I always run like ten minutes late. I'm sorry. Oh. It's because I I try to clean my dishes and prep my snacks and eat my dinner and you know do what I can to get up here on time and get the set it rituals, up. Rituals, man. Rituals. I got it. But tonight, tonight is your night to shine. Tonight is your yes. night of shining and your night of of wonderful beautiful apologies for the difficulties we've been experiencing so far so uh i just want to go ahead and say that i'm not the most technical guy i think between us uh well it's not fair and, to I, compare. and i and i learned i have to say I, I i learned something valuable about input and output settings <laughs> to be fair it is my job to work in technology so I do have a slight advantage there, but yes, but I love, I I loved how you knew that. And when I said it's not on my end and you were just, are you sure? Cause it's not my end. You didn't even think just, (laughs) you know, he works with technology as a job and fixing things. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Like I, like if I said anything about (laughs) cooking, if we switch the roles here or baking, cause that's really, that's really your, uh, your specialty if i said if i said yeah dude like i'm trying to do this thing with uh with with making this cake and instead of flour i'm using protein powder and you went i feel like that may not work you know i feel like that might have the different characteristics and properties than normal flour and i said no it's fine dude don't worry about it that's the same type of confidence that you just had with me here (laughs) just completely dismissing your background and your abilities and knowledge and expertise. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. Whatever. All right. I, I owned up to it. All right. Okay. Thank you. Fuck. Thank you. Thank Speaking you. of your job, though, I kind of want to throw this out here. Actually, How are no, you and no, your... No, uh, no, 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 no. You want to save that? I want to save that because I don't know All if right. I should say it on air. Okay. Gotcha. So right. you and I can, can reminisce about that off air. Okay. But instead... Instead, let us talk about just just because we're running late. Let's just blow through it, right? Okay. <sighs> Here we go. UFC 244 was absolutely crazy. It was a fantastic card. It had a lot of upsets that people weren't expecting. I think, in the sense of maybe not upsets, but just performances people weren't expecting. They weren't expecting to see a vintage Stephen Thompson in you know at a hundred percent. They weren't expecting to see Kevin Lee come in and just absolutely decimate Gregor Gillespie. Uh, people came in. Uh, Probably not expecting to see Darren Till capable to where he is now based off of his most recent performances, and he beats Kelvin Gastelum. And, of course, people did not expect Masvidal versus Diaz to go the way it did with a doctor stoppage uh, round three, you know, at the end of round three. So mm-hmm. just blow that all out the way. Everybody's been talking about it, blah, blah, blah. As you and I have both said before, like rehashing UFC events, everybody fucking does that. And good for them, and it's fun and entertaining, but I don't like spending all that energy on it because everybody else fucking says it, you know? Everybody else talks right. about it. It's what everybody says. So I want to get to the point of what I was texting you earlier about, which is the number one thing, and I wanted your opinion on the idea behind uh, injuries and stoppages. Because I don't know, you saw the cut, right? You saw parts yeah. of the fight, you saw the cut, right? So 
first of all, Nate Diaz has tremendous amount of scar tissue, and he even said in the Big post-fight time. conference, you could sneeze on me and I'll start bleeding there. So, number one, that's expected. Number two, it's easy for him to get cut. And number three, I think the biggest thing to talk about is what point do we talk about consistency for injuries? Because the amount of damage we've seen some fighters take and the my, amount of of gruesome injuries we've seen and people keep going, mm. you know, what... I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. We don't know why the doctor said this is the cuts too bad. Uh, even though Nate was saying, no, 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 it's fine. Even though, granted, Nate would probably say that regardless if his eyeball was falling out. He'd probably say, no, 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 I'm good. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also want to point out, too, uh, apparently he had injured that eye like his last fight. So, I mean, it wasn't even fully healed. Apparently it was cut in whatever his last match was. Anthony Pettis. Yes. Um so, I mean, I'm sure that with the scar tissue, you know, it's like, unfortunately, that's going to be probably the number one spot to just constantly get opened up. Um, so, th- so that brings me to my point, though. My question of being, what is the standard for injury stoppage in your book, mm. in your book? Not just for UFC standards, like what are they doing in events, but as far as just fight standards in your mind for a fight in martial arts, what is the stoppage level? Do you know what I mean? Okay, so is, is it getting a tooth knocked out? Is it getting a, a, a right. limb broken? Is it from because how many times have guys finished a fight and said I broke my hand in the second round, and they keep throwing right. it? You know, well let's 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 stick with like the whole eye injury thing, right? Like look at Michael Bisping when he fought. Uh, it was Vitor, right? That that caused the whole. Uh, uh, no, that was. Uh, I think that was. Uh, I think that was Henderson. I think that was Dan Henderson. I think it was Dan Henderson and then Vitor. I think, okay. If I remember correctly, I'm a little hazy. Also, but. it was two separate occasions. Two separate occasions. Yeah. I mean, okay. Not great with either. You know, taking a TRT filled Vitor Belfort kick to the face, and having right. Dan Henderson jumping and landing a flying like hammer fist on you when you're already knocked yeah. out. Both not great for your eyeball. But yes, continue. Yeah. Continue. So my whole thing is, you know. W- when you sustain an injury like that, when it affects the eye itself, I mean, it, I I feel like at that point, yeah, your vision is at stake here. You know, we should probably stop it. Uh, whether or not they did or didn't, I don't remember the outcome of any of those fights. But with this one in particular, it wasn't the eye itself. It was below and above. And even when he was bleeding... I mean, you can see, I think it was in that last round, you know, he's wiping away the blood, but how many guys haven't done that? You know, it, it's it's just one of those things where you, you wipe it away and you just get back in it. And even when that round was getting ready to start, I mean, the his corner seemed to have, you know, patched up with the Vaseline or whatever pretty well, at least until the fight had started again. I don't think it was necessary. I mean, I did see how big the gashes were, but... For the doctor to judge and say, ah, you know what, that might be an issue. (sighs) Again, you know, I I think back to, like, Bisping, where it affected the eye itself, and... Permanent damage. Right. It it was, I'm pretty sure it was Vitor Belfort uh, hitting Uh, him in the eye. I'm pretty sure it was Vitor Belfort, yeah. I mean, I don't know if this was, like, you know, the UFC is really trying to step up their game with 
making these calls maybe you know well that, just that, with- that was actually the new york state athletic commission because they sanctioned the doctors and assigned the doctors so yeah. technically it's up to the state it's up to new york that was a new york call okay which again not to and, and i've been reading a lot of horrible shit that's been happening to the doctor apparently people have been going to his practice online uh like his private practice and trashing his practice and leaving reviews and calling and harassing his uh receptionist and leaving shitty voicemails about him that's right first of all if you care that much about that call just fucking get in the cage at that point just get in the cage at that point because you clearly love this so much and your passion is just overflowing just get in the cage and fight then if that's really what you love if this is your life because harassing a guy's personal practice in his job because of a call you didn't like it's fucking yeah. ridiculous because at the end of the day that call did what it saved more it saved further damage from happening to Correct. to Nate Diaz worst case scenario you bet a lot of money and this guy robbed you if you placed yes. bets that that's like the worst case scenario but well that and you know and this is the whole thing right it's like there's not just like uh uh, across the board standard when it comes to uh, medical, you know, or health or whatever inside the octagon. Like it, it's exactly that. It depends on whatever state athletic commission uh, the UFC is dealing with. So it's like if that had if that fight had happened in another state, that probably would have gone for possibly five rounds, depending on how yeah. it could have ended. Yeah, everybody was um, comparing it to Vegas and how the Vegas fights are always gory and insanely blood. Like, remember how much blood there was in McGregor Diaz too? Yeah. How much blood yeah. there was with uh, with uh, Anthony Pettis in Diaz? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. then they're saying, why did this stop? There was barely any blood in comparison. You know, right? Maybe the exactly. cuts again. Maybe the cuts were deep. And again, I'm not here to dispute as far as um, the doctor's judgment. I'm here right. more to dispute, like, what what is the standard that we're holding to damage levels for fighters, you know? Yeah. Well, apparently New York is pretty sensitive, you know? Or think of Cowboy Cerrone. I yeah. mean, his eye was completely shut, you know? Like, that's, yeah. that's obviously stopped the fight. As much as people didn't want it to happen, I mean, that's a, obviously, like, the greatest reason to stop the fight. Okay, so... Would, Your vision is impaired. So would you say it takes vision impairment to call a fight... For doctor stoppage? What about guys who break their hands and girls who break their hands in, like, early rounds of the fight? Let it keep going? Well, I mean, now now we're talking about, like, the hands and breaking bones. You know, like, I could easily say, well, you know, if their cheekbone was broken, it's like, okay, maybe we should stop the fight. Because, I mean, at that point, you know, that's near the eye. And that could affect it somehow. I mean... So quality of life, is that what you're judging this by? Quality of life long term? Like eyes. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, we could we could go on about the whole CTE thing, you know. And I feel like a lot of these commissions are probably starting to not only pay attention to just like you know uh, the the mental aspect for these fighters, like the outcome, you know, when they get out of the cage. But I think it has, you know, they're really keeping an eye on a lot of these. I guess let's call them. I really even hate to say it, like the minor injuries, you know, and then like the what? long-lasting effects that they can have. Because let's, you know, with Nate Diaz again, all that scar tissue from all those years, I mean, that's the first thing that's going to get cut at this point, unfortunately right. for him. Right. You know? I um, So it's like, did he make the call because of the long-term effects? 
who knows? But again, he's also not, he wasn't really at 100% Nate Diaz. No. Guy who's still healing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I feel like this. So, go ahead. Go ahead. No, finish. go ahead. No, no, finish. So finish, I was finish. just going to say, I mean, to, to answer your question, like, you know, what, what's, what, what, what's the standard? Unfortunately, there isn't a standard. As, as long as we keep dealing with different state commissions, you know, and plus whoever the doctor is during those fights, I mean, everybody's different. I mean, the next time they fight in New York, they could get maybe a guy who's a little bit more strict when it comes to checking out the injuries. Maybe another doctor would uh, would have let that go. What would be your standard? I would have let the fight continue. Right, but what is your standard to call it? Is it when it's what? If the eye itself was damaged or, or okay. if your vision is impaired, the eye's completely shut. You I would stop it. Okay. Okay. But a cut around the eye, whether it was above or below, give me a fucking break. Patch it up, get back in there. You got to wipe some blood away. You do what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, I feel personally about the just the call. I feel like, uh, considering the fact that we we don't know the extent of the damage, I feel like if the fighter in his corner or her or her corner say we're good to go, it's up to you guys. Good to go. I mean, I keep trying to compare this to boxing, right? And in the sense of uh, boxing, because you can't hit below the belt. All the strikes are to the body and to the head, right? Everything's going up top. So I right. look. So you look at how they call injuries in boxing, and they almost never call it. They mm. just say you fight until you you're done. Like they 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 like we've had what like three deaths in the in 2019 already. Three boxers have died, I think. You know, and it's because they're going to keep fighting, and if they have shitty corners that aren't going to call it, they're going to keep throwing their their person to the wolves to go out there and get fucking bodied up and take right. unnecessary shots to the head until they hemorrhage and die, and they have swelling, and it, it's it's unfortunately happened multiple times. Uh, granted, neither here nor there for debating uh, boxing versus MMA for levels of damage to continue to fight for, uh, to, to fight through, but I would say, in my opinion... A standard of damage for a martial artist should probably be either you cannot continue the fight. So that would be you're taking unnecessary punishment. That would be uh, like I'm, I keep thinking of like uh, Dan Hooker. I think it was against. Uh, oh, God, was it against? No, it wasn't against. Oh, I think it was Dan Hooker versus Edson Barbosa. I want to look it up mm. now. Um, but that was that was. Barbaric, if that's the fight I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's the fight I was thinking of. It was just Dan Hooker walking forward into nonstop powerful strikes, and it was just, yo, stop the fight. You know, he doesn't need all this damage. Stop the fucking fight. And they didn't, and his corner didn't. And he kept walking into strikes until round three, and then he, I think he was TKO'd or KO'd, and it was just, yeah, dude, you know, you don't need to do that to your fighter. Protect your yeah. fighter, you know? Yeah, the eye like with Diaz, a we know Diaz history of just that scar tissue and it's gonna bleed, it's gonna cut. It happens almost every single fight. I think at that point it's a matter of, hey Nick, do you want to deal with this going forward? 
He goes, yeah, I don't give a fuck. He goes, are you sure? Yes. Okay. Now, if I'm the doctor and I say, okay, sir, if you plan on doing this, what if I told you there's a risk of permanent damage to that? To, th- th- I don't know. I don't know what to say because I'm not a medical professional. And if the fighter says yes, if I know that the fighter's not going to have like permanent damage to their vision, or if I know they're not going to die from further damage there, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's like fucking go. You know, it's like uh, you ever seen the movie Miracle about the hockey team? Uh, no. Long story short, there's a scene where one of the players gets injured and the coach goes up to the doctor between periods and says, how bad is it? And he says, it's a contusion. So the coach says, okay, so like it's a really bad bruise. And the doctor said, yes. The coach then says, can he, if he keeps playing on it, can he injure it further? And the doctor goes, uh, excuse me. And the coach repeats, if he can, if he keeps playing on this, can he injure it further? the doctor goes, well, I mean, not really, no, but it's going to be extremely painful if he does that. And the coach goes, okay. And the coach has the guy play or he gets the guy to will himself to play. And it's just playing through pain at that point, which as you and I both know from training, there's always a level of pain. There's always a level of injury. Of course. And and that's kind of the standard. You know, I I think it's, it's, it's kind of foolish to say, oh, fighters, Fighters can't get can't get damaged in a fight and keep fighting. It's just no, they can't. That's their mentality. That's their personality. That's their character. That's what they do. I think that there's if you break your leg like Anderson Silva and you snap your shin bone on a on a like a low kick block, uh, yeah. If if somebody check like checks my kick and I snap my shin, yeah, you're done. You cannot mm-hmm. continue the fight. If somebody you know breaks my elbow, you know like. Uh, Frank Mir style uh, and, and snaps my arm. It's just, yeah, that arm is now dead. It's just, yeah. And you can permanently injure that arm and the tendons and the muscles. You're done. That's kind of how it is. Um, and th- I don't know. I, if I knew that Nate Diaz, his eye his eyeball wasn't going to fall out of his head and I knew he wasn't going to die or have permanent damage to his vision, then yeah, dude, you keep fighting. Unless you don't want to, you know? But the big problem here is that we don't have like a doctor's report on just exactly why he stopped it. He just said, stoppage, fighters, too, too damage. That's it. My question is, has this doctor, uh, has he ever worked with any sort of MMA company before? Has he ever done UFC fights or I Bellator believe he or has. whatever? I believe he has. Oh, yes, okay. he has. He has. He has done Bellator. He, I know because... Uh, I think it was Michael Chandler came out and said, yo, fuck fighting in New York. This doctor told me I had a broken leg when I didn't. And I kept telling him it wasn't broken. He kept telling me it was. And then he like okay. stopped the fight on me or some shit. So, okay. So it, it's definitely the doctor himself. And this isn't like strict guidelines that the doctor is just following, like some sort of protocol. It's the doctor's call, right? Like, it's the doctor's call to make that judgment because he's the only medical professional. But right. what I'm trying to say is that there's in the culture, in the sport, in the sport itself, there's a parameter for injury. Hockey is a perfect example. There's guys who get stitched up literally in their mouth and on their face and they go back to play, right? Mm-hmm. Most, if not all, medical professionals will tell you, hey, you shouldn't do a strenuous activity after I just put 30 stitches inside your mouth because you had four teeth knocked out. These hockey players say, shoot me, shoot, numb that area with Novocaine, stitch it up, I'm going back out there. 
and the doctors can't stop them. So they just go, oh, Jesus Christ, okay, and they do it, and they go play. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's guys who in hockey will play, you know, play with broken feet. You know, it's it's and that's expected, and especially in the playoffs. It's expected for you to play through injury no matter what. Zdeno mm-hmm. Chara just last last year in the playoffs shattered his jaw and had it wired shut and he was playing the next game. God damn. Yeah. He went through surgery, woke up from surgery, put on his clothes, went to went to his house, woke up and then went to the fucking practice facility for practice the next day. Yeah, so that's savage. what I mean. That's what yeah, he's a savage, but that's what I mean by parameters of this of, of of dealing with injury, right? I feel like in martial arts if you let some of these guys go, guys and gals go, they're going to go until they fucking die. You know? Mm-hmm. So thankfully there's medical professionals that stop it. I don't think personally that this was a stoppage that was necessary in that regard. I think cuts around the eye expected, swelling eye expected. I think broken hands expected. I think broken feet expected. I think shattered legs or shattered arms or 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 you know like I don't know what else, you know, choking somebody unconscious, well that's an injury, but you know what I mean? Like severe injuries like that, those are done. Those are debilitating. Broken nose, expected. Roy McDonald and Robbie Lawler too. One of oh, the, yeah. One of the greatest fights of all time. That nose was broken. How about that cut on Robbie Lawler with his lips split almost all the way up to his nose down the middle? How about that? Yep. How about that yep. being an injury that you that's constantly being hit by Rory's jab? You know? And that's what I mean. Like that's that and and Rory is is literally living the nickname of the Red King with blood everywhere because of a broken nose and he keeps eating one twos down the pipe against Robbie and they're just standing in the middle punching each other on the cuts and on the broken bones going back and forth back and forth. You don't have one of the greatest fights of all time. That's what that's that's what happens. Yeah. If they yeah. oh no Rory's nose is broken he can't fight oh Robbie has a deep cut on his upper lip he can't fight. That's done. It's done at like round three, like we just fucking had. You know what I mean? I, I think yep. I think there's a certain level. Now, could Robbie Lawler had permanent damage to impact his life by having a split lip? No, that's not that will heal. That will get sewed up. That can get surgically repaired. Um, broken nose, yeah, that can impact his breathing. And to be fair, that actually has impacted Rory's career for a while because he has a glass nose now because it was so badly broken. But that fight went on. And now here we are with Nick Diaz, totally lucid, totally cognitive, totally cognitively aware. You could see him in that, like right before they call it, he's walking back to his corner, like he's walking back to center to get ready to come out. And he keeps telling the doctor, no, no, I'm, f- I'm fine. I'm good. I'm yeah, good. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. Here we go. And then the doctor walks away and you see Nick just go, wait, what? What the fuck's going on? Like he's totally lucid. He's not like loopy. He's not even like buzzed off of adrenaline. It looks like he's just like, wait a minute, what the fuck you doing? And the guy calls it, and he's just like, are you fucking... He even, you can see him mouth it. He's just, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's just... it's a You can't get more anticlimactic of a fight for the quote-unquote BMF, parentheses, baddest motherfucker in your organization than having a doctor stoppage on a guy who is not hurt to, the, yeah. to a level that can stop him from fighting. Yeah. You know? So I just think that there should be that standard. That standard of, yeah, your ear, your cauliflower ear got blown off into pieces. Yeah, that can seriously affect your hearing long term mm-hmm. if you have damage like that. You know, there's levels to this. There's levels to this injury game. 
You know, I feel like there should be standards. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Right. Mm. And speaking of Rory McDonald, that was another thing I wanted to point out. You have TriStar. Now, anybody who listens to us knows we are the most absolute fanboys of Georges St. Pierre and TriStar Big time. in general. Now, I want to ask you your thoughts on the fact that from the same gym, from the same coaching team, from the same head coach who runs it, you have on one hand Rory McDonald, who's been tripping and, to say it bluntly, failing at achieving the greatness that he's always been set out to be and the, the expectations that have been placed on him. Mm. And in the other corner, you have Kevin Lee, who came up for his first fight camp ever, and he takes off Gregor Gillespie's face. And I think it was the first round. I don't know if you first saw round. I don't know if you yep. saw that fight, but I absolutely did. Oh um, my god. Yeah, that was first round. Just woo. Just just savage. Absolute just night night. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um like how do you I I, I, I wanna say it's less of the coach and personally, I think it's more of the fighter. I think Rory has more difficulties going on with him personally. But just your thoughts on I the was, fact that you can have two completely, you can have the same proper coaching for two fighters out of the exact same camp, and they're both set to be such high prospects, and you have such completely different paths. Now, Kevin Lee's young in this in the camp, right? It's his first fight camp, but that difference, like immediately, that's worth noting. Right. Um the, yeah, you know, and you, you kind of already mentioned it, the thing with Rory, you know, it's like we could go back to when he almost had like this uh, this this vision all of a sudden, like, you know, like I, I don't want to say it was necessarily re- like super religious, but I mean, that speech he gave after, um, I don't even remember the fight, who he was fighting, you know, it's like the possible thought of like retirement, he doesn't want to hurt people, you know, my thing is like, are these thoughts, although he's still in the game, are they still kind of haunting him? You know, he doesn't want to put this damage on people, and I don't know. I, I think with him, it's it's more of a mental thing. I think physically, he, you know, he still has a ton of potential. He's still very young. He's probably our age, just about. Um, yeah, he's pretty young. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think ever since that fight, we, 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 we've, uh, I mean, I've been noticing a difference anyways. Now with this guy though, Kevin Lee, I'm not going to lie. I'm not that familiar with him, but from this fight, just from switching camps, that's what told me it's definitely a mental thing with Rory. This guy you want to talk about scary. He clearly had the strength, but he had the speed, the accuracy. I mean, that hook and then kick. I had to rewind it a few times going over that knockout. The accuracy that guy had is fucking phenomenal and devastating. Kevin and, Lee, if that's, yeah. and if that was just from one fight camp imagine the potential this dude has oh no 100 percent. kevin lee um 
Kevin Lee's been around for a little bit. Uh, he's, uh, I think he's in, he's in his late twenties. He's not even thirty yet. I think he's twenty eight or twenty seven. Uh, Kevin Lee has been up and down. Um, he's been very up and down, mainly because he's been, he was essentially coming out of the gate, uh, positioned and expected to be the next coming uh, in the lightweight division. Um, he had okay. he had so much. Uh, ability, athleticism, pure, like clearly athleticism, uh, skill, and he was a problem for a lot of people. But then he went through a weird stretch where he started facing top level guys consistently, and also he had some some personal issues. I think his head coach died at the time, or his like his head trainer died, and okay. that was a huge impact on him. And that kind of that messed him up. Like you could tell it threw him off a lot. He. Um, he 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 was on his way up, man. He reached, I think, what was it, 20, 2017, Uh He reached the top, I think, of where his of where his expectation was. He uh, lost to Tony Ferguson uh, due to submission in twenty seventeen. Um, then he beat Michael Chiesa. Then he beat uh, Francisco Trinaldo, and then it was like a little rebound of just okay, Kevin's back. And then he lost to Ally Quinta. And then he beat Edson Barbosa, and then he just beat Gregor Gillespie. But before that, he lost. He lost to Rafael um, Dos Anjos, RDA. So just mm. based off of just the past two years, you can hear how up and down, up and down, up and down it was. Um, but going up to that, he was he was doing pretty well. He was winning much more consistently. Um, so yeah. So no, you're not wrong. He's People have always expected him to be kind of the guy. Like the like this is gonna be the guy who's gonna be the face of the division. This is the guy who has the charisma, the look, the attitude, he has the ability. Like he's gonna he's gonna come in and take this over. Kinda very similar, but not exactly the same as the expectations for Darren Till. Here's this guy, mm-hmm. super talented, uh like very uh very powerful. He has a good history and he's got good character and charisma. And uh, he's going to be a character. Um, granted, Darren Till has a very different fighting background than Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee was a wrestler, I believe. So he came mm-hmm. from a wrestling background, and he's a pretty good wrestler. Uh, he had knockout power. He has knockout power, and then his his trainer passed away. I think in 2017. It was 2017 or 2018. Then that's when the up and down started. Up and down. Up and down. Up and down. And oh, okay. It, to put it in perspective, this fight was the fight where people were expecting, okay, either this is make or break because he's had time to figure his shit out and he's fighting an undefeated fighter, Gregor Gillespie, who is this up-and-coming uh, dynamic fighter, uh, great wrestling, uh, really good pressure, amazing pace, uh, grinding pressure, like really, really good prospect. And if Kevin Lee can't beat this undefeated guy, Kevin's probably done. And Kevin came out and just fucking chin kicked him into the shadow realm. So yeah, <laughs> so he's uh, he's definitely back on the radar. But it blows my mind away that you can have that kind of polar effect from a camp. Farasa Hobby is one of the best coaches in in the industry, right? And you mm-hmm. have the effect that he has on a guy like Kevin Lee. But for some reason, that effect is not working for Rory McDonald. And nothing to shit on Rory and nothing to shit on Faraz and definitely never to put any kind of shit on TriStar. But I feel like Rory's been, always been what he is in Bellator, even when he was in the UFC. I think he was 
doing a great job, but you saw this weird transition where he was at one point, I believe, doing a lot more all-around things in MMA, and then he became really boxing-centric. Really mm. boxing-centric, really fundamentally super strong with his grappling, um, super great defense on that. But you saw it in the Douglas Lima fights in Bellator where he got chewed up by leg kicks because he has this weird boxer's mentality. Not even a boxer's stance because he, 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 st- he stands really wide, I think, for uh, a guy who wants to just throw hands. Um, yeah. It's not like Max Holloway, who's really composed and everything is under him and everything's in one place and he looks a lot more in and out. Um, and he's not flat footed like a guy like Nate Diaz, who is a boxer, who's he- very, who's nothing but boxing centric. Um, and he's just super flat footed and slow and, and just lets himself get punched in the, in the fucking eye multiple times. So I think in these cases, it has to do with the person more so than the trainer. Because I try to compare this to anything else. I try to think of any other camp that has top-level talent and top-level coaching. And I immediately think of something like uh, uh, Jackson Winklejohn with John Jones and Holly Holm and Michelle Watterson. And uh, they had Cub Swanson. um, Excuse me. And um, Cowboy Cerrone and all these other people. But then it kind of became the same thing where these fighters who were kind of, you know, cream, cream of the crops, they all started kind of not being the cream, you know, mm. except for John Jones. Um, so, yeah, so it's, I don't know. I, I think there's so many different factors that go into it, but it's fascinating to me to see how just coach, one coaching change can do that to one guy, yet the same coach can't do it for another guy. Granted, it's one fight. There's plenty of things to, to not get overexcited about. But it's just in my mind. It's just it was very uh, um, it was very interesting to see that mm. immediate effect of Faraz Sahabi in the TriStar training system on a guy like Kevin Lee, and I feel like it stagnated on a guy like Rory McDonald. Gotcha. I don't know if you agree or not, but that's that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. No. Like I said, I mean. You know, I, I think with Rory, it's just uh, he, he's kind of going through this mental battle with himself. That's just my opinion, you know. It's It's got to be hard. Because think about being a guy whose identity is being a professional fighter. Mm-hmm. And then you get, this, you get the tiniest inkling of, I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? And then, you, But yep. you still have to do, you know, strength and training four days a week. You still have to go to the gym and do drills five days a week. You still have to do... You know what I mean? Two a days, yeah. three days a week. It's just you still have to get yourself up to go do that grind. Can you can you just imagine just having a, a like a, a flicker of doubt of just I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> what else can you do? There's nothing else for you to do. You don't have an education. Exactly. Or maybe you do, and you can go do something. But for the most part, you, you there's really not much else out there. Yeah. You're starting from the ground up, you know? Like, imagine if you, right now in your current job, just thought, you know what? I really can't stand this anymore. And I granted, it's different. You have a family, but. Well, it's it's funny because I could actually relate. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've been in that mental situation before. Um, you know, not to go too much off topic, but like when you and I worked together. Yeah. Um, there was definitely a point it was probably close to when I was getting ready to leave 
where it was like, not only do do I just want to leave, but do I even want to do this anymore? Um, I mean, I really started like second guessing. That was the first time I should say where I really started second guessing not only my current job, but my current career. Um, and even after when I left, you know, I, I had a few other jobs. I was kind of job hopping, you know, cause it was like, man, do I, I'm working here and now I'm working there. Like, do, do I really like, do, do I truly want to do this or am I doing this because this is all I know? Yeah. And this is what I went to school for. And, yeah. you know, I really don't, I mean, I don't have anything else but cooking. Um, but I mean, eventually I got out of it and I think I'm kind of back in that situation. It's not as bad as before, but I'm still kind of like, do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? Or you know what? I've done it for 17 years now. Maybe it's time to do something else in life type of thing. And what else do you want to do? Uh, believe it or not, I've been looking into computer animation. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I uh although I haven't done it in a while, I'm probably a bit rusty. I mean, I, I I actually used to draw a lot growing up and into like high schools. Um I I haven't drawn in several years, but I I I was really thinking about getting back into it, but then just learning about animation and possibly start doing just like little cartoons or whatever here and there and possibly post those on the internet. Um, say I thought about that. Do it, man. Yeah. But you know, then you look at intuition prices, you laugh it off and say, you know what? I think I'll just stick with cooking. (laughs) No, dude, like, like here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing that I think the internet provides, it provides opportunity. So it's just, you could learn from free videos on YouTube and free things that people say on Reddit and websites and shit like that. And you yeah, can, that's true. You can do that in your free time and just you can become successful off of that. Like I think of a guy called uh, there's a channel called the odd ones out mm-hmm. the odd one out. And it's just a kid. He's 22 and he started, I think, when he was 19, uh, just making cartoons like not even fancy cartoons, like pretty basic ass cartoons. But it was just him narrating stories of his life. So mm. He just had like. He got really famous for a story called uh, working at Subway because he worked at Subway at the time. So he made a video called working at Subway and it was he was just funny and the animation fit what he was saying. And it got to like 20 million views and Mm. fast forward a few years of him being consistent with it. And it's his fucking job. He goes to comic cons. He goes to like like online conventions. He goes to like animation conventions, and they have panels for him. And he's just and he always jokes about how he's just this twenty two year old kid who just tells stories of him with his dog and him with his cat, and just all he did was draw, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because he actually has a lot of videos of people asking him where he goes. Hey guys, I'm just going to respond because I keep getting questions about how to do what I do. And the secret is you just do it a bunch. I just have to draw all the fucking time. And and that's it. And my drawings really sucked. And I just kept doing it because I just like doing it. I didn't plan on this becoming a thing. And Mm -hmm. it's just 
here I am still drawing and it's cool because I get to draw. Yay, I like drawing. And that's his story. <laughs> he just accidentally had a perfect cum accumulation of things and factors for him to become this icon for Subway <laughs> instead of saying Subway. Uh, I actually just checked out one of his recent videos and it's about Subway. And he goes, this is my final video ever about Subway. And he goes, and just to start off, I don't call it Subway because legally I'm, I'm concerned about calling them the real name because mm -hmm. when I made the video, I was getting like maybe 20 views. So I had no concern about it reaching any kind of lawyer's ears. Now I'm happy I said Subway because now that video has 20, 25 million views. So I'm yeah. really glad I yeah, called yeah. it Subway and not Subway at the time. So I future-proofed myself or like retro-proofed myself from mm -hmm. uh, legal issues. Nah, man, I fucking, I say go for it. I was just talking to one of my friends who was uh, a guest on my other podcast, the Enough About You podcast, and he was telling me how he's thinking about starting his own website service about how he wants to just talk about uh, positive masculinity and, and lifestyles and shit. And I was saying, fucking do it. Because the internet is basically free at this point for us to use in this first world country. So just fucking use it. And if something yeah. happens of it, cool. And if not, then at least you're spending and you're, you're, you're using up the creative juices you have for something instead of mm -hmm. just letting it waste by doing nothing. So fucking do it, man. Yeah. Do that. So yeah, that, that's what I've been doing research on that or uh, film and directing. Uh, you know, pro possibly doing something with music too. My, my my coworker and I are still talking about that, starting a band. So who knows where that'll go, dude? As long but, as you're having fun, man. That's that's really, yeah. That's yeah. that's really what you need. You really just need to make sure you're, you're having fun with what you're doing. That's that's it, man. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, yeah. But anywho, yeah, slightly off topic. But anywho, getting back on topic. How's the workout been going? Uh, it's slow, but it's been. I'm I'm on like a consistent thing. It's you know it's once a week at this point. Just yeah, that's it. Once or twice a week, you said. Yeah, dude, that's all you need, man. That's not as often as I used to, but no, but you're. It's active. It's once or twice a week, dude. If you did it twice a week, that's something to be proud of. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not fucking easy, dude. That is that's awesome if you're doing it twice a week. I know it sounds stupid to say, yeah, but I think it's I think it's pretty cool. And I'm I'm still you know I, I talked about it with my wife a few times too, and I was like you know what like uh, pretty soon, and I've been saying this for probably like a month now. I'm like you know we should probably just get a membership card, do the black card or whatever at like planet fitness. Cause there's one literally five minutes down the road, you know? And because I think that'll motivate me more knowing that I'm also paying for a membership. So it's like, well, got to use it up, you know, make, get my money's worth. And I agree. But if you're, if you're able to do like twice a week and save the money, like, yeah, unless you're trying to go ham at the gym, like I'm doing well, right now. You know what now. it is. I mean, you're, I'm also so limited to what I have. There's there's only so much I could do. Uh, you know, I know there's a ton of things I could do with a kettlebell. Obviously, working out with you, shit, I never even knew you can do. Um, <laughs> you know, or uh, I forget what else I have, but um, 
you know, but like I, I kind of miss being on a treadmill. I kind of miss being around certain types of weights. Uh, you know, uh, I, I mean, I definitely feel like I could get more out of my workouts just having that those uh, types of equipment to my disposal. But hey, man. yeah, so like I said, it, it's it's been it's been consistent, just not as often. I'm glad it's been consistent as far as just frequency per week. Yeah. But dude, if you think if you think the gym is going to be worth the investment, go for it. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely worth the investment for me. I go four times a week yeah. every week, and I use the fuck out of it. So yeah, as you yeah. know, because you've been to that gym with me mm-hmm. like multiple times, so you know I use the fuck out of that gym. So it's totally worth it for me. So if you think that you're going to do it, I say do it. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Hey, I'm glad we started super late and uh, we had all of our technical difficulties, but I'm glad we got this one done. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I would say let's call it so we can chit chat afterwards about some other stuff. So yes. um, I caught your latest video on your microscopics page on YouTube. I saw mm. that you were uh, explaining the setup. I appreciate that. As a person who yes. watches and consumes your content, I appreciate the expectations to be set. I am excited for future Dead Space videos. That's going to be very fun because I like yeah. the last one <laughs> a lot. So I'm super happy. So I'm ready for number two. I feel like you guys should have a horror genre, just a horror category. And you guys just go through scary games throughout the entire year in general. Mm-hmm. Just slowly. Maybe we have that coming up. You Ooh. never know. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Uh, anything we'll you see want? See what's in the works. Exactly. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna shout anything out before we end it? I mean, just kind of uh, piggybacking what you're talking about. You know, just check out my channel, Microscopics, on YouTube. Yeah. With an That's X. It. With an X, baby. Uh, yeah. Maybe I should spell it out because it's it's all kinds of fucked up. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, check me out on YouTube. It's Microscopics, M-I-K-R-O-S-E-O-P-I-X. Yes, it's super nostalgic, especially for people like me who played all those games that you play through, especially Mm -hmm. like the Mario stuff. So for me, super nostalgic. But yeah, okay, cool. Let's call it, man. All right, sounds good. Good, peace. Peace. Peace.